the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids, but is destroying and damaging our culture. Based on faulty premises. How did this happen? And I just think it's, again, it's a part of the decline of all things that were once rather sacred, but we ha- we are having our young people absolutely indoctrinated in both public education and higher education. Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction. God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible and you might not see green for many years. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at Olive Tree Views, at LifeSiteNews.com, on WND.com, and elsewhere out on the web, and of course on our website. And be sure to check out the School Corruption and propaganda calendar, which we just put together for this school year. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Many of you are very interested in what's going on with the issue of gender confusion in America and how we got to where we are right now, where the idea of changing your gender is promoted and normalized seemingly everywhere, including among our children. So today we're going to talk to someone who has extensively researched and reported on this movement and its impact on people and families. Brandon Showalter is a reporter who's getting quite a wonderful reputation out there, is a great writer and researcher. He is with the Christian Post and has reported on a wide range of theological, political, and ethical themes and topics, including this one. Welcome to Mission America Radio, Brandon. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great to have you on today because, uh, you know, I've read many of your articles and some of them are quite in-depth. So you are quite familiar with um, the culture wars out there and this one particular issue Uh, as well. So let's start off, and I'd like you to tell our listeners um, just some of your overall impressions after doing so many stories on the gender confusion issues. Do you think that most of America kind of understands what's going on here? Uh, No, I do not. I believe that the public is still largely ignorant of 
these issues. And I've been on this beat for a few years now, and it is stunning the level of ignorance. I mean, people still think that this is about a few isolated, you know, cases. Maybe they've heard about, you know, athletes in track and field, you know, boys running in girls sports, or they've heard a little bit about, you know, bathrooms or something. What people don't know about is the extensive medicalization and the, uh, big money that is pushing this and government that is pushing this, how laws are being rewritten very quietly and how, I mean, there's even Supreme Court cases where these ideas are being litigated. Uh, this movement is absolutely huge and people by and large don't know half of it unless they're very clued in. Um, but there is a very real push to uh, to put children on a path toward a physically impossible goal, namely changing one sex and uh, some of the things that I have reported on and seen and researched are uh, just straight up horrifying. Well, yeah, and yeah, they are. And, you know, what um, astounds me and I'm sure it astounds you is the the speed with which the medical establishment has embraced this. The number of prestigious children's hospitals that have these suddenly have these transgender clinics um, Give me some of your thoughts. I know we can't delve into all of it as to why that is, because much of this is not still, uh, for instance, puberty blockers are sometimes off label. I think that's what you call it through the FDA and they're being used. But suddenly we have the Endocrine Society that's on board, the American Academy of Pediatrics. Give me some of your thoughts about that. Yes. When I learned what puberty blockers were, I was never the same again. Mm. The idea, I mean, why would you do that? Puberty is not a disease. Right. Why would you ever medically stunt someone's normal you know, sexual development? Let's stop for one really? second and, and explain, because uh, I, I didn't, in, what puberty blockers are used for and why they're prescribed for, I mean, for, well, for this purpose. Yes. Well, they're normally, I mean, there's, there's these drugs that are used. Um, one of them is called Lupron, and there's, there's a whole cocktail. There's different drugs that are used now in children for if there's a condition called precocious puberty where a child goes into puberty at an abnormally or abnormally early age and you don't want them to be, you know, you're not prepared for hormonal drives, they're not prepared to handle, and there's this clinical approval for some of these drugs. That's a medical condition. If you've got a child with gender dysphoria or a child who self, self-identifies as transgender or non-binary, they are put on this drug, and as you said, it's prescribed off-label, and it's been done now in... There's, I think there's over 50 uh, gender clinics in the United States uh, that were not here. They, they did not exist a decade ago. And the right. speed is just huge. Right. And, um, I mean, <laughs> the point is, though, I mean, these, these drugs have never been – there have never been any sort of long-term side effects, long-term longitudinal studies with a control group, peer-reviewed. There's not been any – you know, research done on these drugs, uh, particularly for their use in children for this condition. And so the FDA has not given approval for this drug for this purpose, these drugs for that purpose. And it's just staggering because you've now got thousands of children being put on these things and their, their puberty is being thwarted as though it's some disease. And it's, uh, it takes calcium out of their bones. It, it causes brain issues, the skeletal issues that wrecks their endocrine systems. They are not reversible. It puts them at great risk for heart disease and all kinds of cancers. 
And again, I will just reiterate, it's in pursuit of the physically impossible goal of changing sex. And once you go on puberty blockers, it is almost a, a complete, um, complete certainty that you're going to go on to cross-sex cross sex hormones. So you're going to have girls going on testosterone, boys going on estrogen. I mean, obviously, there's boys and girls produce some of that sex hormone, but not at the levels that where it's being injected. And the result is permanent sterility. So we're sterilizing children. Exactly. And the number of kids who um, don't decide, oh, because they always say, oh, puberty blockers are fully reversible. First of all, I it's don't think lie. I don't think that's that's true. And secondly, vir- Absolutely. yeah, and vir- virtually all 100 percent of these kids will go on uh, once they've right. identified as the opposite sex and, and had their puberty block. They go on and go on to the opposite sex hormones. And then early in now, the protocol is that teens can g- girls as early as I think 13 or 14 are getting double mastectomies. I mean, it, it's yep. it, what what any of us would have done then, uh, you know, to approve of various things. I mean, we were all kind of idiots when we were kids to some extent. You just so many things you're just not capable and mature enough to consent to. And that's what parents are there for. Right. I mean, that's have you have you seen a lot of issues with parental um, rights being violated here? We have. And it's but it, there, are, there absolutely is. um is a huge trend in the violation of parental rights, but I'll I'll, I'll underscore here that it the the whole all of the professions have been corrupted, medicine you know therapy counseling, uh, these parents are groomed to believe by these supposed professionals these people in the endocrine society and the American Academy of Pediatrics very even a lot of people within those you know, groups. I've, I've interviewed endocrinologists and you know, doctors about this. It's a very small cadre of activists who have seized control of the decision-making right. you know, bodies and entities within those organizations that have completely overhauled the professional guidelines very quickly. I've, I've inter- again, and I know people who have left and departed from these professional associations because they are so disgusted with how this has happened and they've been co-opted by these radical transgender groups. Um, and yes, uh, so the, these parents are consenting to these brutal surgeries. And we know from science that the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed until I think like age 23 or 25. Mm-hmm. So these kids have really no idea what they're doing or they say that they want to do this. And they, they really have no idea. Meanwhile, permanent damage is being done to their bodies. Right. And I'm now hearing from what they call you know, D-sisters, D-transitioners, who are very upset that they were misled. Um, and that they, the, the, the wreckage that has been done to their organs and to their bodies, it's just, it's just terrible. Right. And there will be vastly um, yeah. more of them as time goes on. Oh, yes. Right. And let, let me just uh, reintroduce you for those who are just joining us. We're talking with Brandon Showalter, who is a reporter uh, for the uh, Christian Post, christianpost.com on the Internet. It's a great, um, a great uh, news website and who has done a lot of research on the uh, transgender issue and uh, about children. Now, Brandon, I wanted to quickly transition over into the, the one of the th- stories that I thought was stunning and, and so sad was the father who discovered that the school was pushing his daughter toward transition, and he was virtually unable to get it, get it back, by the time he discovered it, get it back. And tell us a little bit about that situation. 
Well, if you're referring to the USA Today op-ed from Jay Keck of the Kelsey Coalition, uh, that's, that is um, a, a tremendously sad story. I um, am familiar with some of the Kelsey Coalition parents, yeah. and um, you're correct that schools are not only complicit but actively pushing uh, this ideology on children. And so if a child says that they are the opposite sex, a minor child, the schools are doing everything in their power to split that parent-child relationship and insert themselves to the authority, calling the child by opposite sex pronouns and by a different name. And the parent is seen as this backward, bigoted, you just don't understand, I mean, a horrible person. I mean, it's just so maddening that the schools have the arrogance to do this, but mm -hmm. they're doing that. And so they're essentially living in two different realities, one at school and one at home, because if parents disagree or object, they are, they, they really don't have any kind of standing because the schools have been taught to go along with all of this and disregard any kind of parental input. Um, and so his story is just one of many uh, where, uh, yes, his, his, his authority and the mom's authority as, as parents who, for goodness sakes, they raised this child and they're, they're responsible for this kid. Right. The school is essentially acting as if they own them. Well, and yeah, and parents are, are the... To determine what's real. And parents them. are right. the enemy. They are obstructionist and, they're, right. and their um, antiquated values need are, are uh, harmful to the child. That's what's... This has become uh, what you're saying, that attitude toward um, parents by the school is becoming the quote-unquote best practices in most school systems. That right. is, if a child presents as uh, homosexual or uh, as gender confused and wants to live out that identity at school but has not revealed it to the parents, the school's job is to decide with the child and, and to keep that, uh, dis not disclose this life-altering situation to to the parents, and this is this is a travesty. Right. Now, what, tell me how parents are manipulated in this by the fear of suicide. We only have a couple minutes till our, our break, so let's try to do this quickly. Well, right. Well, just to cover, just to touch on that last point you made there, when a, if a child comes out, is I mean, obviously, I think that it, it's horrible if a school is is hiding, you know, homosexual or that kind of identity. But with, I just would make a distinction here between. Uh, with the trans thing, I mean, I don't know of any sort of student who's come out as gay where they demand everybody police their speech. That that's what sets us apart. Right. Which is, I mean, and that's just so hard. Everyone else is made to comply. Um, so that that's just the distinction there. Mm -hmm. I would draw. Yeah. Um, but I would just say, uh, ask me that question again. You you asked about um, this uh, issue of we might not have time to talk about it. Oh. Let, let's just the. The issue of uh, how okay. parents are being manipulated by the fear of suicide of their child. Oh, yeah, that's the main threat that they use. I'll just say that if you don't go along with this, your child is going to wind up dead. That's, right. that's, the, that's the big card that they play all the time, and it's a lie. And, and then you think about, okay, what parent, uh, you can't see the future. What parent, especially if you're not a believer in the Lord, um, and you have that mm -hmm. to over, and, and you're using common sense, which the Lord gives us, what parent wants to have that on their conscience as they go forward? What, what if the child did do that? And then you think, but if I'd just gone along with this, I mean, it is such right. uh, a manipulation. 
We are talking with Brandon Showalter from the Christian Post, who's done an awful lot of research and reporting on many of the cultural issues going on in affecting Christians from the Christian standpoint. But we're talking in specifics about the uh, gender confusion issue and its impact on our kids. And you know we talk about this a lot here on Mission America Radio, friends, and uh, we continue to delve into this to make you aware so we can all know how to better prepare our children and ourselves for what's coming. So stay with us here on Christian uh, Radio Mission America, and we will be right back following these messages. Don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we're talking today with Brandon Showalter, who is a reporter with the Christian Post and very well um, versed on the whole issue of many of the cultural issues in our country, but the LGBT uh, and the issue and the uh, issue with our children and gender confusion being promoted to our kids and uh, many believing and their families believing they can actually transition to the opposite sex. Brandon, that. I mean, you've done a lot of research on this, but just confirm for our listeners that can ne- never actually happen, correct? Human beings can't change sex. Everybody knew this just a few years ago, and yet we're under a mass delusion as though it's somehow possible now. It's utterly insane. It is. And, you know, the thing that's happening is because there are more and more people and parents, I think, starting, like you said, the Kelsey Coalition people, many parents starting to speak out and say, no, uh, we're not going along with mm-hmm. this. And there's a travesty. And in fact, there is a medical um, revolt going on uh, behind the scenes. And we're hoping that more doctors will join this uh, to say, mm-hmm. no, this is all this is uh, myth based medicine, not fact based. Um, well, we're hoping that'll that'll happen. But in the meantime, the goal, it seems, of the left is to silence Christians, silence the conservative viewpoint on this and um, we've had a whole range of issues from Amazon banning books on uh, people coming out of homosexuality or transgenderism uh, to many other things. Tell us what some of the things you've reported on on that trend. Yes, it is. Um, it's quite a it's quite remarkable, um, just the suppression of free speech. Um, my friend, um, Ann Polk, who's, you know, once lived and identified as lesbian and then decided that that was not for her, um, wrote a story, wrote a book about her journey mm-hmm. out of that. And, um, it was censored Joe Dallas and someone else I know, same thing. Um, it's, it's, it's really quite stunning. Um, here's the thing about quote unquote conversion therapy. When it's practiced in some kind of context of a, you know, a church or Christian ministry, it is only ever voluntary. You know, people who they have unwanted, you know, feelings or desires and they seek pastoral help or sacramental confession or whatever, it's, it's, it's not coerced. I mean, people, people go there because they're, they're dealing with these things. But that's just not acceptable, it seems, um, in our society where it is the narrative is, is that if you have those feelings, that is your identity and it's locked in. Uh, but I find that the cognitive dissonance is really quite staggering when you consider that that same, you know, narrative says that, oh, but you actually can change your sex 
which is absolutely unchangeable. Right. So it's just kind of mind-blowing that all of this is happening. But yes, there is, you know, censorship going on of of books that in any way contravene that grand narrative that you have to, you know, live your life in this way if you have these feelings and no other views are acceptable. Um, and there's, I know there have been some petitions to get their books restored. And some people say, well, you can sell your books other place, you know, Barnes and Noble or other other websites. Amazon's the largest retailer, like it or right. not. And it's about the suppression of thought. That's the principle that's at stake here. Right. Well, while uh, some of the other material that's on Amazon is just stunningly bad, uh, oh, it's, you it's know, insane. vile. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you can't even believe it. And, and nonsense. They sell crystal therapy books on right, Amazon, you know, right, right. stupid stuff. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that um, we have not only that is that going on at the same time, it, it seems to be a, a, at least it's part of the ideology, if it not a coordinated effort. The state of California stunningly mm-hmm. passed a resolution urging Christian churches to accept uh, LGBT lifestyles and behaviors. This is beyond. Uh, I mean, we're into uh, fascism. I think. Uh, what do you What do you think? About that? Well, that resolution wasn't binding, um, so it didn't require a governor's signature. It was unlike the law there, the proposed bill the previous year that was ultimately withdrawn. Right. Uh, I think it's really a violation of separation in church and state for a government entity to be telling what a church it can and can't teach or preach. I mean, I really, I think that's just kind of stunning, really. And we hear a lot of, you know, objections about separation of church and state. Well, here we have a government resolving to teach certain things. But all of this, I think, is just a smokescreen. No sincere Christian I know wants, you know, same-sex attracted gay, lesbian people to be actively harmed or targeted with violence or of anything. The not. things that are thrown. I mean, of, I mean, we all, we know in the church that a lot of the stuff that's said is just patently untrue. Um, and yeah, maybe there's some extreme people out there, but they certainly don't represent the mainstream right. at all. And, um, and yet that's the narrative that gets furthered within some of these, you know, government bodies. And uh, I mean, I think it behooves Christians to try and, you know, reach out to their neighbors and explain so much of what you hear is just false. Because exactly. the truth is, is that a lot of us are very familiar with you know, pastoring people through these kinds of things. And we have great compassion. And yeah, maybe our the biblical standard isn't popular these days, but we're called yeah. by God to be obedient no matter what, and no matter how unpopular that makes us, that's fine. But we don't hate people; we really don't. And uh, I just thought it was a, it was it was quite interesting to see that 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 resolution that you mentioned, ACR ninety nine, I believe it was called, in California. And um, so, uh, yeah, and, Christians, and, I would just say, go challenge the narrative. Right, exactly. Keep challenging and pushing back because the the whole reason that there is. Christ died for us is because we are sinners. I mean, everybody right. has something within. We're all former sinners. So, but of course, the narrative doesn't. The, the ideology, the LGBT ideology, yeah, don't doesn't those like nuances it. from, right. from the California legislature. Right. Now, <laughs> one quick. We've got about a minute. Tell us. You've written a lot about the issue of pornography. I I am just like I cannot believe that the Christian Church isn't dealing more with calling for an end to m- much uh, uh, much more concerted. Uh, standards about, uh, you know, getting away from pornography. What do you think? Well, I think one of the the most encouraging signs that I'm seeing is that a number of states now have passed resolutions calling Mm -hmm. pornography a public health crisis. I actually think that that's a very strategically savvy way to go about it, because 
we can say everything that we can say about it being immoral or how it's spiritually grievous or whatever. The truth is, is that it is a public health crisis. It damages the brain. It, as I believe there are demonstrable links to domestic abuse and sex trafficking. Right. These are the kind of things that if we can point out the harms, we'll build a broader coalition. And I am encouraged by what I am seeing. I mean, there are some churches that are trying to address it, but even amongst secular folks who are realizing that this stuff is so toxic and uh, harmful. Yeah. Um, but if you put the emphasis on the health harms, right. I think we'll have a better yeah. you know, footing. I think so too. Brandon, thank you so much. Um, ChristianPost.com and uh, look Brandon up and just go to that. This is a great website. Lots of good uh, articles on there. God bless you. I ask my listeners to pray for you and for the Christian Post and all that you're doing and for this whole issue. Remember, friends, we have to be educated and be prepared so we can prepare ourselves, prepare our children to understand God's word and the Christian standards and the Christian message in relation to uh, to what's happening. Just remember, just remember, with God, all things are still possible. Have a great day.